0: Want to know the best way to get to be a better writer? Practice the craft of writing. But what even is craft and how do you practice it? When we talk about a book being good or even great, what do we mean? When we speak of an author having a strong voice or having a natural talent for the craft of writing, what does that even mean? Today on the School for Writers podcast, we're delving into the five main elements of craft and how you can harness them to become a better writer. Welcome to School for Writers, where we help you ditch that starving, tortured artist cliche and thrive. No more struggling over whether your story is good enough or wondering if your voice deserves to be heard. It's time to step into the power of telling your story to the world. I'm your host, Lauren Marie Fleming, and I'm a book-obsessed, queer, fat, witchy, divinely loud woman. And I know what it's like to have society tell you to sit down and shut up. But I'm here to tell you that you've been silenced for far too long. School for Writers was created to help you push through doubt and fear so you can stop procrastinating and start writing because the world needs your story now more than ever. Welcome to School for Writers. Let's get to it. The School for Writers Academy is officially open for enrollment, and I want you in it. The first round of people are going to get to be a part of creating this amazing community of writers dedicated to both the career and the craft aspect of writing. When I first started my writing career two decades ago now, that makes me feel old, but two decades ago now, I found that it was almost impossible to find people who were willing to talk about the money and the craft of writing. The craft people thought that money tainted the power of their art. And the money people didn't care about the art part, they just wanted to make money. It's been really difficult for me over my career to find people who wanted to merge the two. That's why I decided to create School for Writers because I am so tired of that starving, tortured artist cliche. I want you to thrive. When I graduated law school, I had a woman come up to me and ask how I was planning on spinning my law degree. I told her proudly and excitedly that I was a writer and I was going to continue to be a writer. You know what she did? She told me that that was shameful. She told me I should be ashamed of myself. She said that I wasted a spot in the law career that could have been used on somebody who was gonna do good in this world. I kind of walked away from her, I kind of laughed at her, I kind of shrugged her off, but I cannot tell you how many times I've had a conversation like that where a total stranger came to me and made the assumption that there was no way I could one, do good as a writer, and two, make money as a writer. I'm here to tell you that it is absolutely possible to do both. I have done both. I have made six figures as a writer. I've been paid to travel the world many times as a writer. I've spoken on major stages. I have spoken at Yale and Brown. I have done so much with my writing career. And all of that was benefited by thinking of myself as an entrepreneur, not just a writer. That's why I brought together School for Writers, for people like you and me who want to find a way to both create the craft and the beauty and the art and tell our stories and transform the world through storytelling and thrive, transform our lives, transform our communities by having wealth and prosperity and abundance in our life, by taking our content and being able to make money off of it like a product. Listen. I understand that there's so much societal weirdness around building careers around the arts, around saying, I wanna make money, around saying that I deserve to thrive. But I'm here to tell you that we're creating a world and a community that embraces the desire to have both financial abundance and an abundance of creativity. If you have longed for a place that can really honestly work with you to thrive as a writer, in every aspect, personally and professionally, we've got you. Head on over to schoolforwriters.com slash academy to learn more information. We've got loads of bonuses for the founding members that want to come in and help build this membership program up. So if you want to be part of a community working together to help each other thrive, Go to schoolforwriters.com academy and become a founding member. I am so, so, so excited to have you in this program. So please go to schoolforwriters.com academy and check it out because the world needs your story now more than ever. We hear a lot about the importance of fine tuning your craft as a writer, but what does craft even mean? To me, craft is practicing a skill with the sole purpose of getting better at it and potentially even becoming a master of that skill. So the craft of writing is simply me studying and practicing writing or you studying and practicing writing hoping to get better at it. That means the best way to harness the power of the craft that is writing is to keep writing Keep practicing and keep studying. According to Wikipedia, a craft or trade is a pastime or an occupation that requires particular skills and knowledge of skilled work. In a historical sense, particularly in the Middle Ages and earlier, the term usually applied to people occupied in small-scale production of goods or their maintenance, for example, tinkers. It had a stepwise approach to mastery of the craft, meaning you worked as a laborer, then as an apprentice, then as a tradesman, then a master, then a teacher. Back in the day, it took apprenticing, then setting up your own shop and making a living by your craft to call yourself a master of it. By that descriptor, I am a master of storytelling. I have spent decades of my life studying it, including under some of the truly highest masters of the craft. And now I've set up my own shop and I make a living off of it. So by Wikipedia and Middle Ages descriptions of craft, I am a master of of storytelling. So yes, I am a master storyteller. I'm a master writer. After three decades of formal training and practice, I'm happy to own that. It took a long time for me to get there, but I'm happy to own that. But you are still, even if I'm a master of storytelling a master of writing and master of my story, you are still the only person who knows how to tell your story. What works for me might not work for you. When we talk about great storytelling, it's important to understand that craft, like all art, is subjective. Think of the difference between Mary Cassatt, Georgia O'Keeffe, Yayoi Kusama, and Frida Kahlo. Is either artist better? If so, how do you determine that? Those are all artists whose work I enjoy in very different ways. What about Jane Austen, Virginia Woolf, Maya Angelou, and Octavia Butler. We like to come up with reasons why one piece of art or one artist is better than the other, but the fact remains is it's all still subjective. What makes art good is simply if you enjoy it. For example, I love romance novels. Y'all know this. I love my romance novels. My sister makes fun of me for them and calls them trashy even. She loves historical fiction. I make fun of her and that say that she is as boring as the book she reads. Who is right, me or my sister? We are both right and also neither of us are right. As we delve into this lesson on craft and set the goal of making your writing better, you must remember that better and good and even great are all subjective. Even craft and master are subjective. These are the elements but they're not the end all be all of style. Find your own version of each. Add to these the basic things and make this craft your own. Today we're going to discuss the five main elements of the style or craft of writing. And those are number one, voice or essence. Number two, dialogue. Number three, character. Number four, action or plot. And number five, place or space. Don't worry, you don't have to remember all of those. I have a handy worksheet for you along with some extras. You can grab all of those for free at schoolforwriters.com craft, or you get them in the School for Writers Academy, or if you're in one of my programs, like write your Friggin' book already. So go grab that right now so you can read along. First, we're going to talk about voice or essence. Your voice or your essence is the perspective from which your story is told. Anytime you tell a story to a friend or a family member or in a book about an event or an incident in your day, you are engaging in some form of narration. Narration includes both who tells the story and how the story is told. So it deals with point of view and tense in the book. It also includes narrative techniques like the physical location, the temporal location, the plot structure, any themes you might have, the details you share or don't share, the various different storytelling styles and linguistic techniques, all these other elements, they're all a part of narration. All of this is to say, narration is important. It sets the tone for your whole story, but it's also really simple. It's that thing we do without even realizing we're doing it. I'm narrating to you right now. The difference, however, between a decent book and a great book lies in taking your writing from something you just do to something you're intentional about when you go to edit it. I often like to say when you write, just let out whatever you want to think about. When you edit, that's when you start to think of these things of craft. So when you're writing, you're not trying to be like, what's my narrative voice like? No, if you think about that, you'll be forever procrastinated and stuck. Instead, think of this as something that you do in your farther along drafts. When you already have a solid idea of what your book is, then you can sprinkle in craft on top of that. So with all of that in mind, I want you to really think about these five aspects of your book's narration. Point of view or voice. Who is speaking to the reader? What do they know? Are they an omnipresent person who understands everything that's going on? Or is it the first person who doesn't really know much and is learning it with the reader? Tense, is your story in the past, present, or future? Location of space, where is your book set? We're gonna go into that later as well a little bit more. Location of time, when is your book set? And your own particular storytelling style, is it formal or friendly? Will you tell all up front, or are you gonna tease out bits? Are you more vulgar or are you more reserved and prudish? All of those things will change how your book feels to the reader. So ask yourself this, how can I consciously enhance my narration? How can I make choices of time, space, tense, perspective, style, all these elements of crafts that can enhance your story and your reader's experience? That is all a part of narration, of how you tell the story you're trying to tell. The second of the five main elements of the craft of writing is dialogue. Dialogue is simply how people talk to each other within the book. In my experience, I've seen two main types of writers when it comes to dialogue. Ones that start with dialogue as the building blocks of their scenes and ones that add dialogue only at the very end when they absolutely have to. Whether you absolutely love dialogue or absolutely hate it, it's important to understand the power that dialogue holds in a book. Think of a movie without any spoken words. It's been done, yes, but it's usually really more artsy than mainstream. It's a conscious choice to take out dialogue. The lack of dialogue, even in silent movies, they had slides that would bring in dialogue so people understood what was being said. Shakespeare's famous soliloquies, the long scenes where characters would speak their inner thoughts out to the audience, think to be or not to be, that is the question there's still a form of a one-sided dialogue, often called a monologue. In the way characters on screen need to talk, so do the characters in your book, even if only to themselves. Here are some reasons dialogue is so important to your book. One, dialogue is a lot easier on your eyes than paragraphs, so it's a great way to break up large chunks of narrative text. If you find yourself getting bored or your eyes even getting like tired and and tired of reading, think about adding some dialogue to break it up and give your eyes a break. Two, dialogue shows character. Choice of words, how they interact with others, what is said, what isn't said. These are all great ways to develop a character and slowly show them to your reader. And three, dialogue is a great way to add action, levity, or drama to your book. Instead of describing a scene, Let your characters act it out. Let them talk with each other. Think of it like a movie versus a long voiceover. You wanna see action, you wanna see people doing things, and dialogue is a way for people to do things. One of the best resources I have for teaching this topic is the book Dialogue by Robert McKee. McKee is a very well-known teacher of story, and I first studied his work while in film school two decades ago. If you're struggling with dialogue, I highly suggest picking up a copy of this book. It helped me immensely. A common suggestion I hear from people for creating dialogue is to go out to a coffee shop or somewhere similar and listen to how people talk around you. While I think that works and can give you some ideas, what I find a lot more helpful is to read, watch movies, and see plays with well-written dialogue. While you want to make the dialogue as natural as possible, the reality is that most people's conversations are kind of boring. I find that studying how writers that I enjoy reading handle dialogue is the best way for me to keep my written conversations engaging for my ideal audience. We'll go deeper into dialogue in a later episode, so be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast so you don't miss out on that. There's so much I have to say about dialogue. I'm one of those people who starts with dialogue, so be sure to follow along because I know I'll be doing a really big deep dive into dialogue soon. The third main element of craft is characters or the people in the story. Characters can range from extremely memorable to people met in passing during a minor scene. If you're writing nonfiction, chances are you're a character in your book. A lot of people forget that. Your narrator is a character and should have its own style. Sometimes places are a character or have character. For example, in A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness, one of the All Souls trilogy books, there's a whole house that has a personality all on its own. Another example is the Pacific Crest Trail. It's definitely a character in Cheryl Strade's *Wild*. When developing characters, you want to think about the role they play in moving the action forward in your book. Are they the protagonist, where everything in the story rotates around them? Are they the antagonist, someone or something that fights against or opposes or thwarts or undermines the protagonist? Other roles include, are they the love interest, the mentor, the confidant, or the best friend? And my favorite to say, are they the deuteratagonist? I think I said that right. The deuteragonist is the people taking up almost as much space and importance as the protagonist in the book. So think Ron and Hermione to Harry Potter or Dr. Watson to Sherlock Holmes. If you'd like some help developing characters, check out my free workshop, Developing Unforgettable Characters at schoolforwriters.com characters. That link is also in your show notes. The fourth element of the five main elements of the craft of writing is action or plot, also known as what the heck happens in this book. Anything that happens in the story is part of the plot. People get caught up in plotting, but its basic form is simply what happens next in a book. The most basic plot structure sounds something like this. This happened, then that happened in response, and then that happened to resolve it. You probably tell stories like this all the time in your life while you're talking to friends or posting on social media. Remember that human brains, we get bored if we just feel the same thing over and over again, whether that's happiness or sadness. So you want to make sure that your plot and your action rises and falls with some points of joy or pleasure and other points of sorrow or frustration. You want to have places where the tension is high, followed by places where tension is relieved, either through laughter or information gained. There are many structures a plot can take, and I have a whole plotting workshop for you for free at schoolforwriters.com slash plot. That link is also in your bio. The fifth and final main element of the craft of writing is place and space, where or when the action happens. If you have ever read a book and felt like you were right there with the characters, your author probably had a really great grasp on place and space. Place and space is often overlooked in the book writing process, but it's an important part of setting the scene for your reader. Whether you're creating a completely fantastical new world in a sci-fi novel, or you're writing about your own experiences in a self-help book, you need to orient your audience to where your characters are throughout the book. Think of The Very Hungry Caterpillar, that famous kid's book that counts all the food a caterpillar eats as it prepares for its miraculous transformation into a butterfly. Through simple imagery, you can tell where the caterpillar is, not only physically, for example, on a leaf or eating an apple, but also where she is in her life cycle and emotionally. She's a young bug and she's very hungry. Contrast that to Brene Brown's Daring Greatly a book that outlines both her adventures in shedding shame and stepping up as a leader, but also tells stories of other people's journeys as well. Each story is set in a different time and location in history, a different mental space for the person, and a different set of life circumstances. Plus, she sets all of us up, the whole thing up, into a world where shame has become a cultural pandemic. This is all a part of place and space, everything around us that orients us not only to where we are, but also who we are and what obstacles exist around us. So that's it. Those are the five main elements of the craft of writing. It seems like a lot to think about when you put them all together, but really they're all just things you're already doing, practicing, and incorporating into your writing. There's nothing new here. And I want you to also remember that craft is simply practicing a skill with the purpose of getting better at it. So all you have to do is hone your craft and skill by sitting your butt down in the chair and writing. That's it. That's all you have to do. But you also can hone your craft even when you're not writing. For example, when you're watching a movie or a show, pay attention to how the dialogue flows. The next time you're stuck in traffic, notice every aspect of the place and space around you, how you're feeling, who you are, what you are, where you are. While you read, think about why you love or hate a character or when you're completely enthralled with a book or totally bored by the action. That is also paying attention to the elements of style, and those are also important parts of getting better at being a writer. If you want some extra support, remember I have that free craft worksheet for you at schoolforwriters.com craft. And be sure to follow and subscribe to the School for Writers podcast so you can continue to get help becoming a better writer. We are here for you. We're here to support you. We're so excited to help you continue on your path towards being a writer. And I cannot wait to read your book. Until next time, happy writing. And remember, the world needs your story now more than ever. This week's book recommendation is none other than Dialogue by Robert McKee. You heard me talk a little bit about this in the episode that you just listened to, but I want to take some time to highly encourage you, if you want to be a better writer, to buy both Story by Robert McKee and Dialogue by Robert McKee. Dialogue subtitle is The Art of Verbal Action for the Page, Stage, and Screen. So this works great if you want to be a screenwriter, a playwright, or a write novels like I do. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, you can see as I scroll through this book, it is covered in notes and highlighters. So I highly recommend if you're going to get a copy of this book, get a physical one. I reference this all the time, whether I'm writing fiction or nonfiction, anytime I go and try to make dialogue better for myself or my clients, I use this book dialogue. I think we think that Okay, I can talk, I can have conversations, I can write dialogue, but that's not necessarily true. Dialogue requires your characters to interact with each other. And Robert McKee breaks down simple yet easy to do tools for how to have your characters interact with a way that both feels natural and moves the plot around, makes for interesting characters, helps your action go forward. Dialogue is such an important part of everything that you write, fiction or nonfiction, that it's really something that I highly suggest delving more into. now. This book can get a little technical. For example, I just opened it up and it's talking about mixed techniques and line design and the suspense sentence and various different things, but they give examples within it. And so for me, the technical is mixed with examples where I'm like, okay, that's how it works in person, honestly. I've taken lots and lots and lots and lots of writer's classes, but I don't know if many things have helped me really understand how to write a book, how to tell a story other than Story by Robert McKee and Dialogue by Robert McKee. So if you want to be a better writer, I highly suggest going out and getting this week's book recommendation, Dialogue by Robert McKee. And while you're at it, you might as well grab his book Story as well, because that is also really amazing. If you're going to go out and get a copy, I highly suggest grabbing it through our bookshop.org link. That's bookshop.org slash school for writers. That link is also in your show notes. Not only does that help you support local independent bookstores through Bookshop, but it's an affiliate link. So School for Writers is supported as well. Once again, that's Dialogue by Robert McKee. And I highly suggest going and grabbing yourself a copy using the bookshop.org link that we have. You just finished another episode of the School for Writers podcast. Woohoo! Go you! Did you know that we're more than just a podcast? School for Writers is a full-service support team helping you to get your story out into the world. Here are three ways you can get even more writerly inspiration and education. Number one, subscribe. It's so easy. All you got to do is click that little subscribe button down below wherever you listen or watch the School for Writers podcast. That not only guarantees that you don't miss another episode, but it also helps support our continuation of this show. Number two, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at School for Writers. Every day we post helpful tips and tools like journaling prompts, reading recommendations, and live interviews with inspiring experts. Number three, Visit schoolforwriters.com where you can check out past episodes, join a writing program and get even more tips, tools, and inspiration to support your writing life. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our Write More Challenge, a 10-day program to help you jumpstart your writing routine. Thanks again for supporting School for Writers. We'll see you next episode. School for Writers is produced by me, Lauren Marie Fleming with editing and support from Samantha Olivares all rights reserved by Las Maestras LLC our music is De Lejos by Ilabamba check them out on Spotify big thanks to the team at Terrorbird and big thanks to Kristen Hodak. and of course a massive thank you to you the listener now put down this podcast already and go right. I'll see you in the next episode